0: don't punt on the RBA today unless you think there's an outside chance they won't lift rates later on, but we know they will as they try and catch up with the stampede by other central banks. But let's not assume that the other central banks think that the race is over just yet. One member of the ECB has said there might still be a jump or two to come, whilst Japan, still in the stables. See what I did there? It's Tuesday, the 7th of November, 2023. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. And yes, that was my impression of a horse. Uh, bond yields have switched direction today. 10-year treasuries are up eight basis points, up nine in Germany and in the UK. Aussie 10-year yield stuck at 4.72% yesterday, but up four basis points on futures overnight. The US dollar up 0.2% today, ever so slightly up on the euro. It's up 0.4% on the yen, up 0.4% on the Aussie dollar as well, which is now down below 65 US cents this morning. The share market doesn't seem to know where to go right now. All three indices in the US made early gains, then lost them all, but all finished in the green. The Dow closed up 0.1%, 0.2% for the S&P 500, and 0.3% for the NASDAQ. But the Russell 2000 down 1.3% this morning. In Europe, the FTSE 100 closed down 0.4%, the DAX up 0.3%, and oil is on the rise. It was much higher earlier, but it's still half percent up for WTI, Brent up 0.4%, over 85 a barrel now. So, Nabs, Taylor Nugent is with me again this morning. So, it seems markets are retracing their steps a little after last week. But, you know, we did see, didn't we, a hefty rise in shares last week, particularly in the US. That's not continued. We saw the bond rally, which saw yields so much lower. Now they're creeping back up again it's a little bit rudderless today isn't it because there's not a lot of news around basically
1: yeah yeah that's right very little in in the way of news flow and looking across the price action as you say equity is kind of directionless it's it's hard to blame them there's very little in the in the data calendar or from or from central banks to to kind of tee off and and we've seen a little bit of a um, consolidation in in yields as well and, and yields um, a little a little bit higher but again in, as you say in the context of that big rally that we saw last week so potentially not not too much of a surprise there um, although, you know, while yields are higher, it is interesting that some of that pricing for or that firmer expectations for cuts from, from the Fed through through the course of next year and in, in what we saw over the course of last week and in the wake of that payroll starter on Friday, that's mm. largely been held on to even as, even as yields have, have kind of retraced a little bit.
0: For right. The, could all come back again couldn't it look one place where bond yields did fall was in japan 10 year japanese government bonds because this was yesterday uh, down four basis points uh but governor Oeda did speak i don't know whether this had any influence basically saying there's no chance they're going to lift rates above zero this year that would hardly come as a surprise though
1: uh, yes, and and I think the other thing to note there is that a um, bit of catch up from what we saw in global yields last week as well. Japan coming back from a from a long weekend, so I think it's more catch up to those moves that we saw internationally on on Friday rather than a big reaction to Governor Ueda's comments on on Monday. Um, but what we did hear from Ueda, you know, not really any any surprises kind of repeating that message of, of patience. Um, He noted that, you know, on positive sign, the likelihood of of realizing the outlook for achieving uh, the price stability target seems to be gradually rising. So, you know, some nod towards, you know, improvement on, on the, the, um, on the chances of, of sustaining elevated inflation, but still talking about that that need to see you know more domestic inflationary pressures and, and seeing it come through in, in wages growth as well. And so, you know, he's still not envisaging the the sustainable and stable achievement of price stability with sufficient certainty, even with those upward revisions to uh, inflation forecasts through the next financial year that we saw. From the BOJ recently, um, and soft wages growth is is really key to that. We obviously get uh, labour cash earnings data from from Japan uh, today, and that is expected to again just show that despite higher inflation rates in Japan, it isn't really being echoed back through in wages Mm. growth in a way that makes policymakers comfortable that it will sustain um, at target inflation going forward.
0: So stupid question for me. I mean, because they are taking the bull by the horns now, aren't they? Trying to get inflation, uh, to try and get wages, I should say, up. So is that because they think, well, if we can just get wages up so people can afford to cope with the cost of living increases, then that gives us the flexibility down the track to lift interest rates is, is that their master mm-hmm. plan?
1: Yeah, and yeah, so they, they can afford it. The, the wages are kind of reflective of an economy that is is running at a you know at at a. Running closer to it, so its kind of sustainable level of capacity utilization, and, and an economy that is going to kind of persistently generate low and stable inflation going forward, rather than one which is at risk of, of falling into to deflation or, or sub, you know working through persistent
0: right. disinflation pressures. They really don't want to go back there, do they? Absolutely. So, what about Europe then? So we yeah uh, we we one little bit of news we had uh, was that. Uh, the german factory orders did a little bit better than expected up 0.2 percent from a revised growth of 1.9 percent in august they were actually expected to fall one percent this month so uh, a bit better than expected i'm not sure whether that changes too much in terms of uh, expectations for the ecb because it's one bit of good news amongst a lot of bad isn't it for europe really
1: and, and I think also I downplay a little bit how much good news it is. So a little bit stronger in the month. But when we think about what that means for kind of the lead up for that manufacturing side of the economy into, into Q4, it's not necessarily good news that, you know, a bit stronger in the month. It has been quite volatile month to month, but there was a, a downward revision to, to the previous month. And so, you know, it's not necessarily as strong as that, that monthly beat looks. And we get um, industrial production numbers coming up for, for Germany coming up today as well. And again, so expected to show just that kind of sluggish manufacturing side and, and not much change there. So I don't think any any implications to the ECB from that.
0: And of course, Germany, uh, greatly influenced by China and China's trade data. We get that today. Uh, imports and exports both well down last month. So I wonder what direction it's going to take today.
1: Uh, yes, yes, that's right. And so some some base effects continuing to to work through on those those export numbers in in China from kind of as the the very weak export numbers into into October last year start to roll out, and so expectations there are for uh, a smaller year on year decline in in exports. Um, but I think yeah, as you say, not necessarily suggestive of you know strength in external demand for China's exports driving that. Just just some some technical factors, I think.
0: So yeah, where does the ECB Go next. I mean, there's sort of this kind of an assumption, isn't it, that perhaps they finished? Although uh, Robert Holtzman from Austria's central bank uh, warning about admitting victory too early. Uh, he said, you know, they should stand prepared to hike again if it's needed. It's difficult to know who to believe isn't it? on the one hand central banks is, you know some are saying well they've gone too far economies are slowing down too much on the other hand we've still got people saying no we need more we need more yeah
1: yeah so you know a, a word of caution from holzman saying don't expect a, a reduction in rates um anytime soon but you know not necessarily uncomfortable with the idea that that rates have peaked he said that um you know um, we should stand ready to hike again if needed um, and, and shouldn't declare victory too early. So, you know, no surprises that that's kind of the posture coming from from ECB officials, given the given the, the inflation challenge that is still there. Um, but, you know, potentially just a warning, you know, market pricing are for for cuts through the uh, fully pricing a cut in the first half of, of next year. And I guess just, you know, making that point that the data does need to, to fall into place to, to see that
0: realized. So an interesting ECB survey. I mean, we'll let people go and have a look at it themselves it's on the ECB web website, uh, just showing that there are inflationary pressures coming, you know, 45% of companies say that they expect onshoring or friendshoring is going to create more inflationary pressures in the future so uh, many see china as a risk in fact two-thirds of companies say uh, china could pose as a risk to their supply chains and there's a need for more to be done onshore or within the eu and uh, that's creating future inflation as it has done in the past so uh, something to be wary of i guess and uk inflation is soon going to match the rest of the world it's at 6.7% now compared to, well, 3.7% in the US, if we're looking at headline numbers, 3.8% in Germany. But the Bank of England's Hugh Pill said uh, overnight it's going to fall to match the rest of the world pretty soon. Of course, to get the inflation numbers out next week, I think, uh, you know, a lot of that's the drop in energy bills, isn't it, which he's hoping
1: for. Yeah, yeah. So no no new news out of out of Hugh Pill making that point. But, you know, he was emphasising that some of that differential that you get from still very elevated UK inflation rates relative to some other countries, the EU, the U.S. He he called out specifically is just to do with the different timing of that energy pass through and, and how much energy prices increased in in the UK, and then because of the the timing of resets, takes a little bit longer to to swing into into downward pressure. And so the BOE is forecasting their um, headline inflation to be at four point eight percent in October from from six point seven percent in in September. So that would be that would you know help some of that gap come out. And I think you know the the point that he was making is that policy rates in in the UK they do see as at restrictive levels and a lot of those drivers of very elevated UK inflation rates relative to, to some other central banks aren't factors that they see as persistent and do see them rolling out um, as those kind of technical factors around timing of energy price pass-through, work-through.
0: And energy, well, oil is up quite a bit today. We Over the weekend, the Saudis and the Russians did say they're going to continue with their voluntary cuts until the end of the year. But 50 oil tankers are heading empty to the United States ready to pick up oil from the United States so they're going to bridge the gap and they export 5 million barrels a day and they're doing more at the moment so you know five times more than the cuts by OPEC plus so uh, you know maybe that's going to moderate prices a little bit we'll see but look uh, we can't hold it off any longer uh, the RBA slower than other central banks but ready to raise rates again today with the interest rate hike that stops the nation. Well, at least slows it down a bit. That's the idea, isn't it? Uh, I mean, it's a foregone certainty now, isn't it, that they're going to lift rates today?
1: Well, our expectation certainly is that they that they lift rates. That's been our expectation for a while. The analysts surveyed by the, the Bloomberg survey, 29 of 32 are, are picking a hike. So certainly the, you know, the near universal pick of, of analysts as well, not quite nailed on by markets, but, but you know, pretty reasonable chance price. There's a, about a 70% chance of a, a hike there. And I think, you know, the, that that pricing isn't isn't higher probably does reflect the RBA has got a bit of form as a, a reluctant hiker through this cycle. They have been you know trying communicating that they're trying to do kind of as little as possible with with interest rates while still seeing inflation back to target. Of course, you know the the case for the hike. We get updated forecasts this time from from the RBA as well. We'll get you know a sneak peek of those today. We'll have to wait until Friday for the. The full detail, um, but I think what we saw, you know, expectations really firmed up for, for a hike in November on the back of that Q3 inflation data that showed that the, the progress on disinflation had just not been there to the same extent that the RBA had hoped so far. You know, it is that outlook for disinflation that is that is key and, and is going to, to be what we, we expect triggers them to, to hike in November. Um, and I think when you look at the forecast, while, you know, there's it's not all forward-looking information. The strength of inflation in in the third quarter of of this year doesn't necessarily swing around the the outlook for inflation in in 2025 too much. But what it did show is that, you know, that progress on disinflation wasn't there so far. Where inflation was coming from was very much domestic sources of inflation, and so all of that suggests more persistence than the RBA had been hoping for. Um, And while there are plenty of offsets that the RBA could point to in terms of, you know, weaker consumption growth, a, a labor market that is while the unemployment rate is still very low is you know the labor market isn't as tight as it was and does seem to be showing some gradual cooling the rba has characterized it as as past a turning point i think you know the important context there is that was already in in the forecast and so if anything what we've seen is a starting point for the job on inflation that is a, a bigger task than they had than they had characterized it was going to be in the august forecast and you've got if anything a little bit more resilience in in labor markets and activity than what they were forecasting even as they are seeing some slowing there and so you know for us that that you know the, the case is is pretty clear that they they should be hiking um, and and should they deliver a, a hike uh today and um, we do expect them to maintain a, a pretty clear tightening bias as well, given that they are will still be kind of leaving some risk to the upside that inflation is more persistent than than is is required to get it back to target in a reasonable time frame.
0: Right, there we are. You can take a breath now after all of that. Uh, but I mean quickly before you go, uh, what are you putting all your money on today? Have you uh, you got a favourite in the cup?
1: Uh the the, the RBA meeting is uh I'm gonna be You're focused on that you not oh, don't, be, don't, no. don't, haven't haven't looked at uh haven't looked at the form guide at all this year. Well, I think
0: it's gonna be an Irish horse that that's all I can say. But I think half the field is anyway. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens on that as well. <laughs> good to talk. Catch you next time. Thank you. Thanks, Bill. There you are. That's NAB hard at it. Even down in Melbourne, whilst you're sipping champagne this afternoon, Taylor is going to be deep in the spreadsheets, writing reports. But hey, don't feel guilty. You go and have a good time. Uh, and we will be back again tomorrow for another one. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. Thanks for listening.